Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I am so happy to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes, and I've got a great show planned for you today. We're going to talk football. We're going to recap week eight. We're going to talk about some coaches that could be on the hot seat. And, of course, we're going to give you a free pick for tonight's New York Giants-Kansas City Chiefs matchup. Should be a lot of fun. Play up. Sportsbook is the sponsor of this show. Playup.com is always your best bet. Cash with Flash best bets currently on a 39-1 NFL run. We have packages for the rest of the season at $99 for the rest of the season. That includes the playoffs and the Super Bowl. You can't pass that up. We also have packages for tennis. We have basketball, college basketball, and everything else that you could ever possibly want, including tennis, where we're doing pretty good over there, too. Michael Newton's on the show with me. Michael's on the line, too. What's happening, dude? Good morning, Phil. Good morning. I was thinking about you last night while I was watching this game. The Dallas Cowboys and the, Can- and the uh, I felt like the old Kansas City Chiefs there for a minute, versus the Minnesota Vikings. What yeah, a that- way to lose that game. Uh, which way? Well, they're, they're, they lost that game and they were inventive. They were clever in finding ways to lose that game. Primetime Kirk Cousins once again. <laughs> That's what they say prime on Twitter, time. man. They say that he doesn't perform well in primetime games. He does not perform right. well in primetime games, nor does his coach. Uh, hopefully the coach will be gone before the end of the day. And the quarterback, I don't know how they're going to get rid of him because he's got another year left. At uh, Next year, primetime Kirk's cap number is $44 million. Ooh, Carolina could use him. Whoever wants him can have him. <laughs> You're not and feeling that, Kirk Cousins at all, are you? Uh, he's. I, I've never been a fan. I tried to... Uh, understand the rationale for for signing him and then for signing him again uh but kirk cousins is a a loser he's a loser and that's the end of the story you can't fix the emotional mental makeup uh, of a quarterback and he's a he's programmable but the first time anything goes wrong you, you saw what happened. You watched the game. I did. We've got a coach that doesn't know how to call a timeout. Yeah, totally, that's baffling. Totally blew the end of the first half. Totally blew the end of the game. And then Kirk Cousins was asked about it. It's like, why didn't you call a timeout? Well, I can't do that. Only the coaches can do that. Wow. I let the coaches do that. You think Tom Brady would say that? I know for a fact he wouldn't. You think Aaron most Rod- quarterbacks wouldn't say that. Aaron Rodgers would spit. It just doesn't happen that way. And we're hoping everybody in Viking line is watching Twitter with high expectation that Mike Zimmer leaves the building today. Yeah, we're going to get into some coaches on the hot seat later, but I think Dallas might be the best team in the NFL this year. I think Dallas is a good team. Okay. I think there are quite a few good teams and no great teams. So end of the year will be a lot of fun. Uh, They may be the best team in the NFC, but uh, I think that Tampa Bay still looks good. The Rams look pretty good. Arizona still looks good to me. 
uh, lots of competition. And when you, when you look at all of those teams, again, who's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Mike Holmgren. You, I wish it was Mike Holmgren. Uh, I'm sure Cowboy fans wish it was Holmgren. It's Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. I always get them confused. Who doesn't have much uh, of an idea of when to call a timeout either. His game management's not never been good. Right. So if I were going to, to guess today on the basis of the team and the coach, L.A.'s looking pretty good to me. Yeah, the Rams look pretty good, don't they? Stafford had a big day just for three quarters, though. Three more touchdown passes. Tack them up, baby. Hall of Fame numbers. Keep trying, Phil. Keep trying. <laughs> I'm going to continue to beat this drum for the next seven years because this was how long it's going to take. If but, they get him running back, then that might be a really good football team, but they can't run. And speaking of not running, I don't know if you saw it this morning. Derrick Henry might be out for the season. I saw that. Broken foot, they think. And that'd be a pity. You know, uh, we lost a couple players this week. You know, Henry's gone. Calvin Ridley, he's decided that he's not going to play football till he sorts out his mental health situation. And apparently he's got a problem at home or something that's not good. And the team was very uh, kind to him and said, go fix it. Go take care of it. We don't need you if you're not going to play well. I think that's becoming more and more the norm now. Yeah, it is. And in a way, that's really good. Mm -hmm. In a way, I always wonder about the guy that's uh, or the or the gal that uh, goes to work every day and, and doesn't have four or five million in the bank to fall back on. Right. Has to work and work through their issues at the same time. Um, I'm, I'm glad he has the opportunity to get through whatever he's got to get through. And I'm glad that he has that kind of financial cushion to where he's able to do it. He's still getting um, paid too, right? Of course he's still getting paid. You know, <laughs> they don't want to make anybody mad. No, why would they? But uh, Derek Henry, that will suck for Carolina, if, or I'm sorry, for uh, Tennessee if that happens. Because they're running away with the AFC South right now. Yeah, they won't be running very fast if he's gone for the year. You know, I know. That's terrible. Uh, it's, it's, he's, he's like irreplaceable. The way he's performed, and I'll miss those stiff arms. That's what I'll miss the most. I don't have him on my fantasy team, and when I play daily fantasy at DraftKings, he's too expensive usually. But uh, I wish him well because he's fun to watch. Yeah, he is. He is. He's unique. It's a little different than what we normally see, and it's 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 fun to watch. And there's, you know, the NFL has a history of these kind of backs who are just a cut above everybody else, whether it was. Uh, back in back in my day, people like Earl Campbell, who was more fun to watch than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, if you've never watched Earl Campbell play, go on YouTube and, and watch some of those videos because he was amazing. Yes, he Adrian, was. Uh, I guess they're going to work out Adrian Peterson, who is about 47 now, I think. Right. Um, the guy to watch for them see if they try to swing a trade for one of my all-time favorite football players, Cordero Patterson. All right. Yeah, that's right. You are a fan. That's true. You know, he's having a pretty good little resurgence down there in Atlanta, and they're going nowhere, so maybe they're going to – he could get a first-round pick. Right now, they need him. You know, he that's – They that, could potentially get a second or a third for Cordero, who I have said since the day he was drafted, this is how you use him. He can do anything. And why the Vikings were unable to figure that out is beyond me, especially when you know, this is a team that had Percy Harvin, much the same kind of player, could do anything you wanted him to do, be a running back, wide receiver, kick returner. Cordero had the same kind of talent, uh, actually more talent. I think he's faster than Percy was. But he's been used and used extensively. That's where, if I were Tennessee, I'd be going, hey, let's make a deal. 
I would. Somebody's got to. But back to the Dallas game. That was a yeah. nice little You know something? Cooper Rush made his dreams come true last night. And that was fun to watch for me. Plus, I had Dallas on the money line at like plus 186 or 188, something like that. And I took the points. That made me happy. But I like watching these kind of stories. You know, Rush is a guy. He's a career backup. Family goes to all his games, right? Boom, boom, boom. And here he is starting on Sunday Night Football as an underdog. I was hoping his dream would become a nightmare and his family would be so embarrassed they'd leave in plastic bags on their head. Yeah, well, Uh, you didn't get your wish, but that's okay. I get it, too. You know what, though? He reminds me of uh, there was another player. When I was a kid, Gary Hogaboom was playing for Central Michigan, and he was really good. And Cooper Rush, he threw for 325 yards and a pair of TDs and became the first quarterback since Gary Hogaboom to win his first NFL start in a primetime road game. That's big. Gary Hogaboom. I hadn't heard that name in a long time, man. When I when I saw and that, I was like, never, wow. Phil. What's that? I said, we'll probably never hear it again. No, we will because he was, when I was, like I said, when I was a kid, I guess I was in junior high. That was fan. He was fantastic. He was absolutely fantastic, and, and and it was fun to watch, man. Central Michigan, the chips back then. I'm sorry about that little background noise. These people, they have these videos, Michael. They just keep playing in the background. Turn them off. I do my best, but they don't seem to want to shut off sometimes. But that's okay too. This is all part of the podcasting business. But anyway. Hogaboom, he's up there with the big ones, Michael. This kid, Cooper Rush, is up there with the biggies. We may never hear from this kid again. Maybe. It, I mean, I, I, I grant him he, he did well with, with um, the situation. There's no way they should have won that game. That was a great catch by I. Cooper there, that little juggle down the sideline there, that was pretty good. <laughs> how did how did that ball get not get knocked down? Who knows? You know, there was a, a Monday night game against Green Bay a number of years ago where um, the Green Bay wideout made a very similar catch. It looked like he fell down. And the ball kind of fell on top of him, and he got up and he ran into the end zone and beat the Vikings. Right. Kind of the same situation. Um, but at this point, dealing with my uh, bad Viking loss hangover, my only cure is going to be Fire Zimmer. There you go. Fire Zimmer. The Patriots, they looked absolutely smashing yesterday. That was another game we had on the line. That was a nice one. Uh, what do you think about this Patriots team, Michael? You think they might be for real? Because they don't look too bad. Five hundred after eight games. They've got obvious limitations. Okay, uh, they they don't have great wideouts. Uh, they don't have a great running back. They have a rookie quarterback. Uh, the defense is a little dinged up. I think Belichick is a great coach. I think what he's doing is laying the foundation for next year and the year after. Maybe so. Oh, Maybe so. I don't know how far they're going to go in a division with Buffalo. Uh, you know, they may they may contend for a wild card. I don't know, but that's what what is interesting about the Patriots to me is like, okay, I see what you're doing there, Bill. This year is, is training wheels for next year. And that's when they might be a force to contend with. Watch them run that free agent wire, boy, they're going to come up with something, but you know, it's interesting. We talk about Belichick here and how he dominates young quarterbacks and, and, Justin Herbert's two lowest completion percentage over expectation marks have come against the Patriots. Yesterday, it was a minus 12.4. So he, he was way below expectation. I didn't think... I, I'm not a, I'm not sold on the Chargers. 
I'm not sold on the Patriots either, but goodness gracious, that was a big win. They punched him in the mouth, and they could have scored more. There was a couple plays that got called back. That the one with uh, the running back, Damian Harris, that one bothered me the most. I think, yeah, Damian Harris had a big run back on a penalty. It was a crazy game, but the Chargers looked human. You know, Justin Herbert looked human yesterday, and I think that's all goes back to uh, what Belichick is all about, and that is causing headaches for quarterbacks, especially young ones. Yeah, and the the Chargers look really out of sync. On offense and defense, they look just out of sync, and that's coaching. They don't. They didn't look well prepared for that game. And they had a week off. Yeah, that's. And they've got a rookie coach. So, uh, I'm I'm kind of wary of them now. I thought they were going to be much better than they seem to be right now. Right. You know Buffalo. They snuck one out against Miami. They're five and two against the spread this season. But if you wagered $100 on every one of their games, you'd be up nine units, nine and a half units. That's pretty good. And they did they did what they needed to do, and they got past Miami. But goodness gracious. I mean, they didn't look that great. I don't think Miami's defense was the reason or the culprit. I just think they looked a little off or they were looking past somebody. I don't know. But they came in and they covered at the end. And got us a cover. I suffered some real crazy losses in football this year in the last minute, minute and a half. And it was nice to win a game or two games yesterday in the last minute. That that was kind of nice. But what do you think of Buffalo? You think that was one of those things where they just had a hiccup? Yeah, that's it, it's a trap game. You know, M- Miami, I mean, they watch the same things we do. And you watch Tua, and it's like, this guy can't break glass. Um, <laughs> watching Miami is, unless you're a fan of shallow crossing routes, over <laughs> and over, <laughs> over again. Oh, my gosh. The, the, <laughs> you, you would expect to go in and just crush them. And I think they, I think it was just a trap game. But... Really good teams win those kind of games. Yep. And I think what what I came out of it with was Buffalo's a really, really good team. Yeah. You know what? They took care of business when they needed to, and that was important. Uh, let's see. I, I wanted to ask you about Green Bay. Now, Green Bay has quietly rattled off seven straight wins, and, you know, that, that could be interesting as we look at the rest of the season, that's a team that's played well. It's a team that's played well. They're in a really weak division. Their potential is to go into the playoffs with a bye. Aaron Rodgers might be the best quarterback in the league. You know, that's if I were going to, do a, a late Super Bowl pick. That's who I'm picking. Wow, that's not bad. Listen to this, though. They've got Kansas City on the road next Sunday. The following Sunday, they have Seattle at home. They have your Vikings on the road. And then they have the Chargers or the Rams at home. And then they have a bye week in week 13. That's yeah. a team that could end up, they could run the table on those four games. Yeah, they, they and they probably will. Um, Minnesota, I just saw Daniel Hunter is probably out for the year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that team collapses without Daniel Hunter, if you watched him last year. Uh, San Francisco, eh. <laughs> uh, that's just a weird team to watch. Uh, Green Bay is, is going to probably end up with the bye, and and have a pretty clear path to get to the Super Bowl. They do. They do. They do uh, They do the little things right. Even, you know, it's really interesting with that team because even when Aaron Rodgers is being a complete dick to the owners 
and Devontae Adams, he goes, hey, why haven't they re-signed him? <laughs> what, are you crazy? <laughs> they still find a way to win. And that now they're 7-0 and without Devontae Adams in the lineup. They just win. And they mm-hmm. lost Tanyan for the year with a torn ACL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Outside of Randall Cobb, who knew who any of their wide receivers were last week? Um, and they, they came out of it with a win. Uh, whether you like them or not, and I'm a Minnesota fan, so I don't, that's a good organization. And it's a good organization at every level. And they restock and they replenish and they come up with people who you know, provide depth. And they end up on top every year. Uh, and right now, looking at that division, they've got a clear shot for a few more years. But this year, that's the most likely team, I think, to make it to the Super Bowl. Okay. See, your boy Teddy Bridgewater, mine too. <laughs> I love Teddy. He's the best. You know, I, I swear that had he not have gotten hurt and that was such a horrific injury, I think he would have been real I think he would have been a household name by now. Because that kid does nothing but win and cover. Now this listen to this stat. Teddy Bridgewater has four games with a seventy percent completion rate. That's <laughs> no one does that. And each of those games were a win, and now he has to go against Dallas Sunday. That that should be interesting because that Dallas defense, Dan Quinn, he doesn't have to coach everybody anymore, just the defense. And he's throwing stuff at people and throwing the kitchen sink at folks. And, and if you didn't know better, you would think that maybe there was he had some little bounties on the on some heads because of the crazy penalties Dallas gets. Dallas had some stupid penalties there in the fourth quarter that could have cost them, but luckily for them that didn't. Does Denver have even a chance in hell? No. No, no, not on the road in Dallas. No, they don't. But here's what they have coming up, though. They have Philadelphia the following week after Dallas, and they have a bye week. Then they play the Chargers, who are limping right now. Kansas City, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Then Detroit, then Cincinnati, who got stung by my Jets. They got a decent chance, maybe, of sneaking a couple wins in there. Maybe, uh, and don't. And as I, I love Teddy as a human being, and I would much rather suffer with Teddy than with Kirk Cousins, right? Because I know, you know, Teddy's a warrior. Ted, you know, Teddy's all heart. But that offense does not look real competent to me. No. They've got two really good wideouts. Portland Sutton is is a good wideout. Judy is a good wideout. They've got uh, a good tight end. They've got good running backs. And they really struggle. So I I don't really know why they struggle. Um, They're really difficult to watch. Um, I watched part of that game yesterday. I thought, you know, I saw Teddy make a couple really good plays, but for the most part, they they kind of look like Miami <laughs> with their offense, and uh, but with a much better quarterback and a better receiving crew, I think. Better, oh, much better receiving crew. Judy's and, back. That helps. Yeah, but they're not using these guys. In in a way that scares anybody, and you know we're going to talk about coaches on the hot seat, and I I think if Fangio misses the playoffs, he's gone. That's that's probably going to happen. I think you're right. Denver they pull the plug quick on folks. Yeah, and Fangio is just Zimmer with a different accent. Yeah. They recycle these guys, and it's interesting because people tell me it's that there's only so many elite head coaches in the NFL, and if you get a job, you're likely to get another job because they just don't have the experience 
outside of those elite guys. When I'm talking about elite, I'm talking about whoever ends up coaching in the NFL is considered elite, obviously. So that's where I draw that one from. Denver, Denver's going to have a tough road to hoe, but they, I love their receiving crew. They just don't have any real running game to speak of to me, and their defense is halfway decent sometimes. Their defense is, is pretty good, even though uh, uh, Vaughn Miller's out. Uh, they, they looked pretty good yesterday. Uh, I just don't understand what they're doing offensively. Um, you know, Teddy has limitations with his arm. Yes. But he doesn't have that severe of limitations. Um and I've always maintained, I still maintain to this day, that if Teddy had stayed healthy, um, the whole look of the Minnesota Vikings would be a lot different today. Um, he's a great leader. So I'm never going to say n- never, but I don't understand what they're doing on offense at all. It's a coin flip to bet on them. They're four four and zero against the spread, and if you bet a hundred bucks on every one of their games, you'd be down a one point two units. That's never a good thing. Never a good thing. But it's not as bad as say Kansas City, who had you bet a hundred bucks on every one of their games, you'd be down seven point three units. Tough road to hoe. The best teams out there, Michael, in gambling terms, Buffalo. Uh, 9.4 units. Arizona, 9.1. Dallas, 8.6. Cincinnati, even though they took that one on the chin, there's still 6.4 units to the good. The Saints, plus 5.6 units. Tennessee Titans, 4.2. Philadelphia is 4-4 against the spread for a plus 4.6 units. Not bad. So there are some teams that you can make money off of. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are are still one of them, even though they're 3-5-0 and against the spread. They still are on this plus side. So if you bet 100 bucks on every one of your Buccaneers games, you'd be up about 1.6 units, Michael. Yeah, I don't even touch them. 39-1 and over the last six weeks. And see, that's, that's the difference between me and you. You're a professional. Sometimes. And you have an instinct that you pair with information, and you can go on runs like that. <laughs> and I do. You see me do this for years and years. Yeah, and and people like me mainly need to just shut up and listen. <laughs> well, that's not true. Because what we're doing is everything's by the eye test. How this looks. And uh, you can't you can't make money that way. You can lose a lot of money that way. You know, uh, one of the things that you can do also, uh, I'm going to give you a little tip. And I got this from probably one of the most, well, probably in the top five or six of guys who've crushed Vegas. I mean, really crushed them. I'm talking the $50,000 game players. And he told me to go find a couple bad handicappers and, and, and pick against them. <laughs> That's what he. I haven't put it all the way into practice, but I have the last couple of weeks, and it's not a bad thing. They're out there on Instagram. They're out there on Twitter. Hell, they're out there on some of these paid sites that you don't even know their record. They don't divulge their picks, but it's easy to find one of these guys. And what you want to do is just follow them. Read what they say, listen to what they say, and do the opposite. A lot of people do that. It's smart. Handy. It's called handicapping the handicappers. As long as you're not paying for it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, see, now, for it's me... Go with the good guys. Yeah, yeah, you don't pay them. You just look at their picks. And some of them will put them out there on Twitter. Yeah, it's hard... But it's not that hard. You just have to spend a lot of time reading. You know, outside of the beat writers, I spend a lot of time reading handicappers and, and I check their homework and I keep track of what they do. And then when I'm stuck, I go find one of them and I go look at what they've done and I look at my little sheet and my notebook that I have. And then I go, you know what? He likes Arizona today. 
I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go against them. Now I have to figure out why, and I usually do, and that that helps too. Because you know it's not easy to do five six sports in a year, and especially the, at the beginning of seasons when nothing is really certain. And I'm not a guy who watches much preseason sports. I mean, if there's no real worth to watching it, what's the point? But that's what I do. That's another thing that you can do out there is to follow some guys who are awful. If you'd have followed me in basketball the first two weeks of the season, you would be up about 11 units right now. (laughs) I don't know how you follow so many sports. Yeah, well... It, you know, it's all about percentages and numbers, really. And, you know, like tennis, I'm immersed into, so that's easy. Basketball is one of my favorite sports, so I like both college and pro. It's not that hard for me. But again, I go back to what I do and talk about in my books. I find three teams, and I sit on them for the first 30 days. And that's all I do. I study those teams for the from the end of the season and right through till the end of the next season. And I cap all their games. And usually by the time the 30 days are over, I have a pretty good idea who's doing what. And then I can crush the season. Makes it's, just, sense. it's just a different outlook. You know, there's so many people out there looking for the microwave picks. You know, let me buy them, snatch and go. But you're not going to make money over the long term that way because not everyone can stay hot. Most people don't. And, you know, even the best cappers lose 40% of the time. And that 40% could last for a month or two months even. So you, you what you have to do, for me anyway, is just I, I break it down and keep it simple for the first 30 days of every season. And then after that, I look to hit my 100 units. That's my goal for every season except football. There's not enough football in it. I'm looking at maybe 30, 35 units for football. All I know is that you win. For very consistently, too. Um, But again, people like I have customers, Michael, who don't say a peep when I was down 11 units. Haven't said a word because they're used to it. If they've like baseball, we came out of there with a hundred unit season, betting first five inning games. In the first two weeks, I just rode the struggle bus, and I was doing it, and I did that all with two games per day, no more than three. And, and that's another thing I suggest is if you're out there betting everything on under the sun, you're going to lose. The odds are not in your favor this way. Take a couple of games and stick with that. You can find two games out of 10 that you really like and then do what you got to do. You know, use bankroll management. That's another thing, Michael, is so many people, they don't even understand bankroll management. I'm thinking, like, I know people are upset with my NBA picks, and and rightly so. They haven't gone the way they should have or the way I thought they would. But if you can't sustain a 12-unit hit, then you probably shouldn't be betting at all because your money management system sucks. Well, especially for the small better, yeah, I, I, you know, and what we what we have happening right now in this country is everybody is getting into online gambling. Do you see the ads? Kim was saying the other day. She goes, "I can't turn the TV on without seeing a casino ad." Yeah, you can't. And now they're sponsoring. Um, the games themselves, the LA Kings are, I watch their games on center ice. They're, they're sponsored by a casino. Yes. Yeah, uh, New Jersey devils are sponsored by play up. Uh, yeah. We're in partnership with the Kraken, uh, all have big casino sponsorships. And, uh, I don't know if you were watching that LA game yesterday, but, they were advertising right inside the stadium. Yeah, yeah, they do that everywhere. You know, a few years ago, do you remember when I that very, very wealthy gentleman in the Hamptons wanted to put me on the face of his uh, that Draft Dragon site, that Daily Fantasy site? Yep. And then, and that was a great time to be alive, really, because it was a good thing. 
and you know they had that issue with the too many ads and the started the state attorney general started paying a closer attention and the next thing you know they shut down new york and that shut down that plan i hope that that same thing doesn't happen i don't think you're going to see too many ads from play up they they sponsor this show they sponsor others but they're more of a small book they're in Colorado, and they're also in New Jersey. They're doing things the right way, the legal way. And, and their feel is basically, we're like the guy on the street, except we're not going to break your legs because we already got your money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but they're they're that handy. And, and it's easy to navigate their site, and it's not hard to do. And they have customer service that answers questions that are knowledgeable people. So that's why I roll with them. But they're everywhere. These ads are everywhere. But in, you know, as we go forward, if you're going to participate, if you're going to play, you need how, to know how to do so with some wisdom, uh, with uh, some knowledge. And this is this is where you come in. I, I think that your future is big because you know how to speak to. A guy like me, I'm not. I'm. I don't have any money to speak of, and I'm not going to gamble a lot of money. But I like to play, of course. And but playing is no fun if you don't win. Man, I've so, seen so much of that. Wow. If you want to win, you listen to Phil, and you learn from him. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to be. Helping support some large corporations. (laughs) And you can also listen to the folks that I bring on my podcast because they know what they're talking about, too. That's one of the things that we've kept around, you know, uh, and kept consistent is bringing on people who I know and know me for a long time. All these guys have worked with me for years. And uh, I do bring a guest on once a week, but even they know of me or whatever. But at the end of the day, all we want to do is see you win because it's not easy to win. And there's so many people out there who don't want to see you win that only want to see them win. And they win by just flipping coins and giving you a pick. That's not how we roll here. That's for sure. Now, we've got some coaches on the hot seat, Michael. Now, you want to start with Mike Zimmer? Fire Zimmer. Yeah, okay. That's Fire Zimmer was trending last night on Twitter. Really? I didn't oh, see yeah. that. I was I was wore out from the day, and rightly so. I, I I was pretty worn out after that game, but Fire Zimmer was trending on Twitter. I'm gonna be watching to see uh, he's got to go, and whether it's today or they're patient enough to wait till the end of the season, Mike Zimmer's done. Last night was embarrassing. It was embarrassing to the fans. It was embarrassing to the owners, and. This is more often than not what you see happen in prime time or in big games. The team comes out. It's not prepared. It doesn't handle adversity. Uh, They should have won that game going away last night. They had two turnovers in in, that gave them the ball in Dallas's territory. They should have converted those. They got nothing out of it. Uh, The quarterback, well, you're you're paying him thirty three million this year. You can't fix that, but certainly you can have a team more prepared than it was last night. And it's it's over. So I don't know if it's going to be today. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's today. Uh, but uh, end of the year for sure, he's gone. Yeah, I think he has to go. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy. I think he's probably seen his last days too. You know, they've dropped three straight, but Nagy's 31 and 25 overall as the head coach of the Bears. He's three and five this season, and he had 12 wins his first season and eight and eight the last two. That's just unacceptable in Chicago Bears land, and rightly so. It's one of the original franchises, right? And, and those fans, those fans are all about winning, and they haven't won a lot. And I don't think they're going to be very happy if they don't make the playoffs this year. And I don't think there's a way they're going to. I think Matt Nagy's going to be gone by the end of the season. I think he should be gone. Yeah. You know, it's the same issue 
in Chicago is with Minnesota. There's talent there, but that talent's been wasted. And what they were doing with um, the young quarterback, who looked a little better yesterday. Right. He did. I watched that game just so I could talk about this. You know, Justin Fields has some potential. Um, there, there are whispers that he doesn't have the uh, ability to process quickly enough. Well, and, he went to Ohio State. What more do you want to ask? Well, that's kind of been a trademark of recent Ohio State quarterbacks. But the the talent on that team has always been on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. Um, Akeem Hicks is an insanely good football player. Uh, Khalil Mack, uh, the linebacker. Uh, I, I don't understand why that team struggles the way it does and when it at some point you you look at the coaching and some of the decisions they've made they've got how much are they paying Foles to sit on the bench like 13 million or something like that they're paying a lot an insane amount of money um he's gone bye see ya With that so team, Michael, that with that Bears defense, they shouldn't be the fifteenth in the league, averaging three hundred and fifty-seven and a half yards per game. Yeah, I, I don't. The uh, and the, the he's supposed to be an offensive genius. That's why he was hired. <laughs> well, I don't know about all that. All I do know is in twenty nineteen, I, I did a freelance piece for BetQL. And, and they talked about the win totals of the Chicago Bears. And, and I talked about that defense that was coming off that historic season where they won 12 games. They they were heads and tails, better defense than anyone else had. Historically good, in fact. And I say, you're going to see a letdown. And boy, did the Bears fans kill me for that one. And they end up 8-8 eight and eight that season. And I say, you know, the bottom line is, is that historically good means historically good. It's rarely repeated, but you also have to incentivize these guys and you have to push them even past that. And that's the difference between good coaching and great coaching. And Matt Nagy and his staff isn't doing a great job coaching at all. Well, coaching, good coaching means that you are getting the most out of the talent you have. That's right. Okay. Anyone could coach a superstar. Exactly. But when when you have that kind of talent sitting there and struggling to the degree that they are for so long, uh, no, he's he's out of there. He is out of there. Who you got? You got another one named for us? Because I still have a couple more. Um, Vic Fangio, I think, is probably going to be gone. I think uh, I think there's a 50-50 shot. Urban Meyer might be gone. Yeah, that's another name. That I would say that's even better than 50%. They looked awful yesterday against the worst defense in the National Football League. Yeah, well, it's just that they well, don't not look... not anymore. Yeah. They don't look... Um, they don't look like a well-coached team. They don't look like they're prepared. They don't look like they can adjust. Urban Meyer just he's a college coach. So I don't it's 50-50. They're paying him an awful lot of money. And when when they're paying somebody that much money, they're probably not going to fire him after a year. No, probably not. Plus he's a big name and they kind of think he's going to turn things around with Trevor Lawrence. I, he might. But I don't know. And Fangio we already talked about but one of the guys that I think is going to go at the end of this season is going to be the Colts' Frank Reich. They Why? had a good season last year, 11-5. and five. This season's not so good. At 3-5, and five, there were higher expectations. They let Phillip Rivers walk away and retire. I mean, Phillip Rivers did a nice job. They ended up with Carson Wentz as the quarterback, and, you know, that's... That's mixed results for me, really. I, I never thought that highly of Wentz in the first place. 
But it just seems to me with the offensive pieces that Indianapolis has, and they have a couple good wideouts in Pittman and Pascal, and then, of course, you've got really good running backs. Marlon Mack is on the bench, for God's sakes. And you, you can't seem to get over the hump. You can't win these close games. And I thought they should have won yesterday, and they didn't. And I think he's just gonna. They're just gonna look somewhere else. They keep trying to change quarterbacks. They've had three of them in three seasons. Maybe it's time to change the coach. Well, if they do, I'll take him. Okay. I like Frank Wright. He probably will end up in Minnesota because they just. He's hit the elite status. Yeah, I, I think he's a good coach. Carson Wentz threw two really bad picks yesterday. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of Carson Wentz. I, I, I don't know what to do with him. <laughs> uh, Apparently neither I, does Indianapolis. That's why uh, he's on the hot seat. You know, that there was that year in Philly when they had literally no wideouts, none by the season's end. And Carson Wentz was just willing them into success. And I'm like, gosh, that kid's good. And I watched him yesterday, and it was like, gosh, that kid's not very good. Right. It, and it, it, it was almost a case of trying too hard. Um, I'm not sure that you're ever going to get that guy's head fixed again. It just doesn't make sense, though. You've got the fifth-best offensive line, and you can't seem to do much and win games, and that should trickle down to the head coach. And, and well, for, for whatever reason, now Indianapolis' defense, right there at the top of, top half of the league, number 12, they allow a total of 352 yards per game. I mean, this is a team that should, on paper, based on just statistics, Michael should have had six wins. I, I hear you. I, I don't know exactly what the problems are there. I thought they were going to be pretty good. Um, but at the end of the day, the coach is who pays for it. Now, the, what was interesting yesterday is the coach on the other side never gets any credit. But, boy, he's doing a good job, which is very horrible. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we never talk about him when we're talking about the best coaches in the league. But the dude wins. And he's winning old school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know who's not winning old school is Brian Flores. Yeah. That's a tough role to hoe. He had a great season, 10-6. and six, And now he's 1-7 with these guys. It doesn't look as if the players are paying attention to what he's doing. I, You know, you got Tua, who you mentioned earlier in the show, dead on, by the way. He couldn't break a window pane with that throw. He's got a soft arm. But you would think that that team would be a little bit better, but they just aren't. And I thought their defense was a little bit better than it was. At least it should have been. And that defense is the worst in the league, allowing 406.9 yards per game. Yeah. That's I... the coach right there in 16 and 20. And I know that we want to see a more diverse head coaching unit, but, you know, sometimes I think you go a little too overboard with that. And I'm not so sure Brian Flores is the right guy for this job there. I don't know how you tell. They, they've made some big mistakes drafting. They have the way they're, they're handling the quarterback situation is a setup for a loss. Right, that's true. Uh, when when you're talking about Deshaun Watson every day, uh, you know you need to be dealing with what you've got, and <laughs> what you've got's a big enough problem. Without also saying, well, you know, as soon as we can swing this trade, you're out of here. Right. I don't know. All I know is that they ride the struggle bus in so many areas of their game management that it's just not even funny. And maybe he got the most out of a bad team last year. 
but more than likely he got a little bit lucky too. And he's not having that same luck. And at one and seven, Miami likes to have winners like most most places, but they are desperate for a Super Bowl winner. And I don't think two is the quarterback for that. And I don't think Brian Flores is the head coach for that. And I don't think the front office is the right front office for that. And if I were the owner, I would fire them all and start over again. The problem with that is the owner is like 81 years old. Right. And he's he can see the end from where he's at. And he wants to win right now. So keeping the band together might be a, a better answer to short-term success than tearing the whole thing down and putting it back together again. Okay. I'll trust in that. Do you have any other names or is that it for you? Because that's it for me. Uh, I think some of the people that I thought might be on the hot seat have kind of turned it around. I don't still don't know about Joe Judge. Um, the guy that I thought was probably on the way out was the head coach in Philly, but uh, he seems to be doing well with what he's got. Uh, that team could end up being halfway decent. You know, that defense is a little bit underrated. They're top 10 in yards allowed. I mean, they're doing all right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're doing all right. So I think his seat's okay for now. But Zimmer, Zimmer's gone. Fangio's gone. Um, Flores might be gone. Uh, but for sure, right now, the one we know, take it to the bank. Zimmer's out of there. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, we've got a big one tonight, Michael. Monday Night Football. We'll wrap up the pod with this and go on about our day. I still have to do my basketball post, and I've got to tape my Tuesday show tonight. So a big day today. But we have the Giants and the Chiefs. The Giants are a 10.5-point underdog on the road to the Chiefs, and the total is 52.5 points. What do you like about this game? Is there something about this game? There's something about this game to me that's intriguing, kind of like driving by when there's a car accident and you always look. I think that's where I'm at with this. Yeah. See, the problem with this game is that we're all assuming that one of these weeks, Kansas City is going to be Kansas City again. And they're just going to tear somebody a new one. Right. Because we think that Kansas City is a lot better than what they've shown. I think tonight's the last night we get to make that assumption. If they tear the Giants up, which they should, then we can say Kansas City is who we thought they were, in the words of the immortal Dennis Green. But there's a chance that New York keeps this close. There's a better than good chance. You know, New York's point differential is minus 41. They're two and five. I mean, you've got teams like the Bears who are three and five and minus 72. And you've got the Falcons who are three and four minus 47. And there was, who was the other egregious one I saw? Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs are three and four minus 15. Point differential. Here you go, the Jet. No, that's a bad one. I'm sorry. Here you go. Pittsburgh is four and three, and they have a minus ten point differential. This is the. I think that this Giants team is a lot better than people think. They're three four and zero against the spread, whereas Kansas City is two five and zero against the spread. Here's a stat though that I found. The Giants are eleven and three against the Chiefs. And they haven't played since 2017. So there's dominance on the part of the uh, New York football giants. They've dominated this series, Michael. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be. Nothing would surprise me here. Right. I, and, and, right. and I hate games like this. I, mean, I wouldn't touch a game like this because Kansas City could win by 21. Well, they could. They have the weapons to do so. Yes, they do. And they could also lose by three. 
They haven't been the same since Kareem Hunt's gone, and the same can be said for the Cleveland Browns, who now are missing missing Kareem Hunt, and he is uh, is he what? They they suck without him. I think that guy's a really good football player. That's very underrated. He's despite the fact of you know throwing out his uh, off the field incidents. He's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, he's something. I mean, because the guy is a—he's a very, very good running back, but he can catch the ball like few others. Uh, thing about Kareem Hunt that, that fascinates me is because of the off-the-field stuff, his star is a lot lower. Right. But if you were to offer, you know, do you want Kareem Hunt or Dalvin Cook? I'm not sure. Boy. I think Kareem Hunt has the same kind of talent, except he might be a better receiver. That's He's one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. And so he is a huge loss. And and Cleveland is, Cleveland's got all sorts of problems right now. Um, too many to name, but this Giants team and the Chiefs, we Saquon Barkley's out. Uh, the Giants have some serious players out. Jabril Peppers is out. Kenny Goladay is out. And yet, they are 6-1 and one against the spread when they're underdog of 10.5 points or more. Yeah, if I, if I were going to go with this game, that would be the direction I'd go. Well, that's where I'm looking. I'm going to tell you, the edge here is the Kansas City rebuild offensive line. All right, they've allowed Mahomes to get sacked 14 times. And they're up against the Giants defense that sacks quarterbacks. They've got 16 of them already this season. So you have to pay attention to that little fact. That's what's been beating the Chiefs. They can't protect Mahomes. And Mahomes is gimpy. Remember, he got hurt last week and pulled out of the game. How often do you see that happen? There's some things going on. You know what also I like about the Giants' defense is they have seven takeaways this season. They're tied for first in that department. So that's not bad. And let me see here. What was the other thing I saw? Oh, here's the other thing. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, and he's had some large amount of success. I'm not ready to put him in the Hall of Fame like Matthew Stafford yet, but then we need to see more longevity out of Mr. Mahomes. But he's tossed nine interceptions, and he's fumbled the ball four times already this season. That's a lot of turnovers for your star quarterback to be making in just just a handful of games. How many games have they played? They played seven games. That's over an interception a game, and that's about a half a fumble a game. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting my money on them. Trying too hard behind a line that hasn't come together yet. So what's your call? I'm taking the Giants tonight, my plus 10.5 to cover. I'm not touching the uh, total because we have two defenses that are bottom half of the league. But, Again, the Giants' defense—they—they they force, they create turnovers. They do a great job of sacking quarterbacks. I'm sticking with the points. I'm taking the points and taking the Giants to cover this spread. I hope they win the game. I really do, but I'm not that adventurous to play that money line. That, mu- but if you are that adventurous to play that money line, right now it's plus four hundred, so you're getting four to one. That's not too bad. No, uh, I, I think I'm going the same direction you are. Yeah, I think you almost have to. Mahomes has got to show us that Kansas City's got to show us that they're ready to rock and roll, that they can be trusted with our hard-earned money. And, and right now they're one and two at home. They haven't played well. They're three and four miraculously, by the way. But that has more to do with their schedule than anything else. The Giants, they might be two and five. But they're a scrappy little bunch with a better defense. And I think that this quarterback, this Daniel Jones, I'm starting to like him more and more. And if they cover tonight, I may put him in the Hall of Fame next week, Michael. 
<laughs> okay. I'm, I, I like Daniel Jones. I know you have. I know you do. Yeah. But I, I don't like him that much yet. <laughs> I love it. Great stuff today, man. Always good to talk to you, Phil. Always. We always something. We try to. That's one thing we try to do here is we try to educate. We don't just try to gain subscribers. But if you do want to subscribe, you can go over to Cash with Flash. Check out the season package prices. And go ahead and cash with Flash. You can find Michael over at, or at least on Twitter, at Phoenix Preacher. You can also, if you're so inclined, to check out his website, phoenixpreacher.com. And that's going to wrap it up for today's show. I want to thank Michael for bringing the logic and the reasoning behind everything that we do here at the Phil Nason Show, especially in terms of football. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly, Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.